Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me we got Freddy. Very excited. Super excited. Because this isn't a normal episode. We're actually going to end the main spiel right there, because this isn't a normal episode. This is a bonus episode of our coverage of South by Southwest 2021 Man, what an experience. Uh, Freddie and I had the opportunity of going for a good night, and whoo, wow. It yeah, was a blast. Experience. This yeah. was a blast. This was an absolute blast. Um, and Freddie, this was like your third festival yes. in the past like month and a half. Yes, it was. So yeah. run me over your whole experiences with all these festivals. Um, well, the nice thing, well, not not nice thing in general, but this year because of, you know, COVID restrictions and stuff like that and to have the experience as safe as possible, all of the festivals I've been to have been virtually. Yeah. Uh, I know Miami Film Festival had the option to go. I decided not to just to be on the safe side. And I have to say South by Southwest didn't, yeah, it, it like it went past my expectations. I thought it was done really well, uh, really easy to sign up for, and also the viewing experience was really easy. I used the Apple TV app, yeah, uh, which was awesome. All of the platform, all now, right there. The user quick interface question, was, great. was this was this the only festival that you've gone to that's done this, like with the Apple TV app involved and things like that? Uh, no, actually, all of them did. They so, all had an Apple TV app. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's the same thing. It's like you register, you sign in to your login, and they'll have like a special key code that you put in. Sure. And I'll have all of your profile stuff on there. Uh, South by Southwest has a really great platform where they have different categories, different genres. So they have that's the really music cool. section, mm-hmm. the film section. They even had a search. So if you couldn't find your movie for whatever right. reason, you were able to search it. So the experience itself was very well done. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah, my experience was great. Um, this was uh, a festival that I've wanted to go to for a long time now, and I'm I'm, ha- yeah, I'm glad that South by Southwest provided us with the opportunity to go. Um, so that was fantastic, and we are very fortunate and very pleased to have this opportunity for us. You know, we we understand that both Freddie and I come in a privileged space right now of having this type of opportunities, but please note that this is new for us. So give us feedback, you know, by all means, this is mainly so um, a lot of these films that we've covered are on your guys' radar. And that's one of the most important things to us is that you guys understand that these films are films that we truly believe are going to just kind of set the world on fire with these genre films and with horror in general. So I'm super excited to kind of jump into this. But we we actually are going to do this in a very interesting way. We're going to do a top 10 and we're going to go from 10 on to our favorite film being one. And uh, we're going to do this kind of bouncing back and forth. So we're going to go Dutch a little bit. So I'm going to have Freddie go first, then I'll go after Freddie, and then we'll kind of continue that going. After all that is said and done, Freddie and I are actually going to be discussing our top 10 together. um, And uh, that way we can actually go a little bit deeper as to why we chose these uh, films to be our top 10 list. Freddie, do you want to go and start us off? All right. So number 10. Number 10. And not to say that this movie is bad at all. This is a really good movie as well. It just wasn't for me personally. And that is The Feast. Mm. Yeah. So uh, The Feast is a very strange but wild ride. Um, I think at least for me and my perspective is that it really didn't 
hit well for me just because it was a little slow paced. Sure. And it's very artistic. It's very symbolic. And there's a lot of stuff in this movie, which at least for me as a horror fan was still pushing the boundaries. Um, <laughs> of course, we'll probably keep this as spoiler free as possible. It's oh, yeah. just this one scene with like a leg and I'm just like, nah, not for me. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, kind it was of, totally yeah. for me. Kind of turned me off a little bit, but like towards the end where we see like the whole like dinner scene and stuff like that and everything starts to unravel and there are moments where I felt like it was kind of predictable where there was something about like a car crash in the lake and I was like, oh, I kind of know where that's going and I and it went exactly the way it, I thought it was going to go. That being said, even though it was predictable, there was a lot of unpredictable stuff that happens in this movie where I'm just like, Absolutely. what is happening? <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, this is bonkers, this is crazy. <laughs> People are going to love it. Yeah. Just not me. That's fair. That's completely that's fair. that's why it sits at my number 10. That's fair. My number 10 is Here Before. Um, oh, I actually do enjoy this movie quite a bit. Uh, I think it's a very fun movie on uh, options of grief and uh, reincarnation is involved as well. And I think it's a really, really, really cool psychological thriller um, with Andrea Riseborough. Um, and it's always great to see her acting in anything. And she's it's it, uh, based in Ireland, which is also a really fun setting, in my opinion. And it's a great twist at the end. And I, I really, really enjoyed that um, whole aspect. But that sits at my number 10 for the festival. What about your nine? Okay. So my number nine, um, another crazy ride, is The Spine of Nights. Yeah. Which is a animated horror film, which is really like about like, like rotoscoping. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's, that was a fun one. It, it, for those people who don't understand what rotoscoping is, it, it's kind of a uh, a uh, realistic way of doppling or or putting animation on people. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. It's a pretty much if you were to make a stick figure and then make that stick figure walk, you can just animate on top of that stick figure, pretty much, yeah. and it will. That's that's, that's, that's a, rotoscoping that's a good analysis. Yeah, uh, and a lot of the actors and actresses that are in this movie are like it's perfectly huge portrayed cast. in this huge and, cast. It's yeah, great. The cast is great. Um, it's a wild movie. It's pretty much about kind of like humanity and how they have their existence on the world, and it's Greed. brutal, bloody, gory, yeah. um, unapologetic. Uh, it was really cool. It was a very uh, unique film that I don't really see that often. Uh, the closest thing I can put it towards is Castlevania, in a way. Sure, yeah, where yeah. It has I like that level of action and gore and, yeah. and grit. Yeah, it, 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 the animation isn't as good as Castlevania, because no. because uh, Castlevania has uh, kind of like a more anime style. This right. definitely is more of a uh, kind of like a Adobe Flash type of animation on top of it with yeah. like maybe something you would see back in the day on like Newgrounds or something like that. If people are familiar with this film because this is a film that came out of Sundance so maybe not a lot of people have seen it. It reminded me of CryptoZoo if okay. CryptoZoo was a horror movie. Sure. That's fair. And, <laughs> I haven't seen CryptoZoo but I, I know yeah. what it is. Yeah. And I love just the concept of like oh the desire of power versus knowledge and what's the difference and knowing what the the main purpose of life is and they have their thoughts in the movie which I'll keep a secret too but yeah, it was a fun watch, but wasn't the one that grabbed my attention for the rest of the bananas. Yeah. My number nine is Violation. Violation is just bleak and dark, and it is not going to put you in a good mood at all. Uh, it is uh, the way that they even show catharsis in this film is a very bleak way. It is, it is, it's a gut wrenching movie. And I enjoyed Violation quite a bit. Um, 
there were moments where I was just like, oh my God. Um, and I know this is a Shutter exclusive, so this will actually be out fairly soon for everybody else. Yeah. Um, and I want to say April might be one of the I dates so. for that. I, yeah. I, I, I'm blanking out. But sometime in April, I believe, is when this will come out. Um, so be on the lookout for Violation, because Violation, definitely I felt violated after watching that. <laughs> it, it, it definitely tested my boundaries, too. But yeah. we'll get into that when it gets later in my list. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you're eight, sir. Okay, number eight is actually uh, a horror short called The Mugai. The Mugai. Mugai, yeah, okay. Yeah. I pronounced it right. Uh, wow. I was actually kind of blown away by this short. Really? And That's awesome. It's one of those things where it's it's like, I like uh, folklore and just like urban legends or like stories that have been told. And I feel like it was played out like an urban legend or like a story where essentially there is this entity who mm. is trying to grab this girl's baby mm-hmm. and we see the end results and you're just like haunted is like oh this has been going on for such a long time and i feel like the editing style and the look and feel of this movie mm. worked very well yeah of course it hit a lot of the tropes that we've seen before i just think it was done very well so that's why it's not too far up in my list because it's something that we have seen before to an extent mm-hmm. but the story itself grabbed me and how it was shot grabbed me that's awesome uh, my number eight is off season. Wow. Yeah, I okay. uh, I enjoyed this flick. I think it's different um, to an extent. Um, it reminded me a lot of like John Carpenter's The Fog. Uh, reminded me a lot of Silent Hill. Um, I just thought it was a blast. It, it, you know, it's it's a fun movie. There are some things in there that I was definitely a little turned off on. For example, and I'm sure this was mainly a budget constraint thing, but there are moments in there that just felt a little slow to me a lot of the walking around and things like that and us kind of seeing this town or island that um our protagonist is stuck on um but other than that like when that end result happens at the end of the film is fucking fantastic and it's just it's such a blast and and you just you have so much to kind of gawk at at in this film and i i hope i hope this director i'm blanking on his name um, right now but i hope this director gets a higher budget eventually um because he's he's made some really fun stuff and I, I would definitely love to see him make some more absolutely no i i really like that movie and we'll get into it later on yeah um but yeah my number seven is gaia Nice. Yeah. So Gaia is a great movie, uh, but there are some scenes that kind of took me out of it where the pacing wasn't as great. I agree. But the thing I would say about this movie, it is gorgeous to look at. It oh, is beautiful. And it's so very... Good. The acting's so well done, too. Yeah. I have to agree with that, too. And it's just one of those stories where, of course, Gaia is kind of like about Mother Earth and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mm-hmm. uh, don't want to give too much away. But yeah. we see the story of her going into the... like. The woods. I would say it's probably the Amazon. They don't really say where. They don't really say. Um, but in the it, middle of. A f- I don't think it was forest. the Amazon though, because it was it was definitely in South Africa. South Africa. Because okay. they were speaking African. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I did not get that. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like you can't keep your eyes off it. But at the same time, the pace is what threw me off. But I did like the ending because they keep it very the open, awesome. and then we have one of those things was like, Oh, what happens next? Right. Yeah. Um, but yes, I love it. Um, my number seven is a short called significant other. I thought this was absolutely gorgeous. Did you check this one out? I did not. I oh seen this man. One. So significant other is beautiful. It, it, it's kind of about this, uh, guy and his, and his wife or significant other. And, um, she is flickering a light on and off. 
and he gets woken up by it because he's like, what the hell? Why is this light going on and off? And it's her just kind of flickering on and off, asking him if he sees that. And he doesn't see it. And she tells him to close his eyes and try to see it. And he, she asks him, what's he, what's he see? He says nothing. She turns it off again. And there's this orb, this, just this red orb. And it's just surrounding them. And it, it's gorgeous it is so gorgeous and i want to see that turn into a feature so bad <laughs> because awesome. i think it would just be such a good movie but yeah check out the significant other i think these come out on youtube eventually i would assume but significant other i i that's definitely one i say keep on your list nice. keep on your radar i definitely will i have to check that one out because i sadly missed it um my number six is a movie I saw a little bit before the festival. They were luckily to give me a screener for this one, but it's called The Sound of Violence. Nice. And this movie is, oh man, it's hard to describe. So it is mostly about this girl who is almost becoming deaf, but she is able to regain her hearing after a traumatic experience when she was a child. And it kind of builds off that for her future and as a woman later on. Yeah. And it's really a movie about empowerment. And although she's kind of the antagonist, in her eyes, she is a protagonist. And I love that ending on that movie I, too. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah, that, that um, ending's the great. The visual of seeing... Her victim is crazy. So great. Um, Reminds but, me a lot of like uh, random acts of violence with oh yeah, like the no, intricacy of, of these kills. It's just, it's, it's honestly, it's oddly beautiful to look at. It, and it, it's looking at like Alex, Alex did a fantastic job. Alex Neuer's uh, background is that he loves music production and he yeah. likes the horror genre. So this is a mixture of the two and kind of combines in the perfect way. Yeah. And the best way I can put this, it's like it's a movie mixed with Saw and She Dies Tomorrow. Yeah, that, that makes total sense because it's very colorful. Right. It's a very colorful movie. And also be be on the lookout, everybody, for uh, Freddie's interview with Alex Neuer and uh, one of the actors. Uh, do you remember yeah, that? James Christmas? Jagger. James Jagger as well um, for our other show within the podcast network of Good Night, uh, Good Night Movie Club. That will be out in some time in the upcoming weeks. Um, so be, be on the lookout for that as well, everybody. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good pick. Hmm. Uh, my number six will be Woodland's Dark and the Days Bewitched, A History in Folk Horror. I really wanted to watch this. Fucking loved this. This is straight up your alley. Oh, 100%. The history behind everything was just fantastic. I can see, and, and this is from Serverin Films, um, Serverin Films, and it, I think they just fucking knocked it out of the park. And the thing is, with this particular movie, um, and it, it's a documentary, everybody, um, but it, it, with this particular movie, it's just, it's so well done, and the documentary itself feels eerie. Like, it feels like you yeah. shouldn't be watching this because of the sound design within the documentary. It's so fantastic. It's so well done. It's very long. It's three hours and 15 minutes. That's why I couldn't watch it. Yep. Um, so I got the screener ahead of time because I hit up server and films. It was just like, hey, I have a baby. <laughs> I am not going to have time to watch this during South by Southwest. I'm going to need days to, to watch this movie. And I, it actually took me a span of four days because of my child. But um, so with all of that being said, definitely carve out some time to watch this. If you could watch it in one sitting, great. Um, but it's it, it's very long. Um, I definitely would say you can break it down into chunks because it has chapters. 
So that works since well it has it. chapters, you can break it down into chunks and be like, all right, I'll watch a chapter a night or something like that if you just don't have the time. Um, and I think it's uh, five chapters or six chapters, something like that within the within the uh, documentary. But it's very, very well done. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And I definitely, definitely highly recommend it. It, it was one of the best documentaries I watched in the whole festival, hands down. It was so Damn, fucking good. That's awesome. Yeah, Hell it yeah. was so good. What's your number right. five, Freddie? Uh, now we're getting close to our yeah our top Your five. Top five. Okay, so uh, for top five, I had to put Jacob's wife. Nice. Yes, I. Um, That's awesome. I'm glad you added that one on. I, I I had to. It was one of those movies that I had to really think about and kind of digest after I saw it because I didn't know really what I thought about it. But the more and more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? This is a movie about individuality, kind of her getting her identity. And I'm talking about, um, I forgot the main character's name, but it's played Barbara by Crampton? Barbara Crampton. And Oh, she was Anna. Anna. Cool. Mm. And it's one of those, like, it's a vampire movie. Or Anne. One of those. But it's a vampire movie that's turned on its head. It's a whole thing it's about really cool symbolism of how she wants to live her life mm-hmm. and not be someone who's like under a master yeah. of being subordinate or being obedient to someone or f- fulfilling someone else's life rather than her own and coming to terms with that. And I just love the ending as well of like both of them kind of like, I'm going to keep that open ended, yeah. but it reminds that me of like, is also a shutter movie. That it is. is yes. Supposedly coming out very soon. Yeah. In, in April as well. Um, and in shutter, I think had, Two films on this, which were were those two, which was Jacob's Wife and uh, Violation. Violation. Um, but the uh, the cool thing about Jacob's Wife, I think, is that it kind of reminds me of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, with like like I don't know an aspect of like Desperate Housewives or something. Like it's it's, it's so cool, it's so unique and very creative. <laughs> yeah, and Travis Stevens fucking did a fantastic job. I think he did a really fun job. It's yeah. very gory too, which I th- I very much it's enjoyed. Extremely gory. Uh, yeah, I didn't and think, was, I didn't think he was going to take it there, but I should have known yeah. from his previous film, Third uh, Girl on the Third Floor. And I think it's paced very well because it has those comedic beats in between that. So it's yeah, not it's really funny. Bashing you over the head with something that's like, oh my god, I'm traumatic by seeing that. Yeah. It's like, no, here's something that's gruesome, and when the like the horror hits, it hits. Yeah, and then when the like the jokes and the fun comes in, it also hits as well. Right, it's a good mixture. And Bonnie, I think Bonnie Aaron's, I believe, is in it as well. Um, and it, for those who don't know who Bonnie Aaron's is, I think that's her name, her last name. But she uh, was the nun inside of The Conjuring Two. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. so she played the nun. So she's very creepy. Uh, what is was that your number five? Yes. Oh, okay. So your My number five? number five was Gaia. I okay. loved Gaia so much. I just it reminded me of The Last of Us. I yes. thought it was gorgeous. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Um, I, I just the, the acting beats when they spoke African or African, excuse me. Um, it was so fucking well done. And I even told you earlier, I texted you, um, Freddie and was just like, Hey, does the audio seem off? And you're like, no, not for me. And it was because the uh, English was their second language. So that's why like I, I had to, once I heard them speaking African, I was like, Oh, they're speaking African. Oh, duh, okay. Yeah. No wonder the, 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 it sounded off to me because it's not their first language, of course. Right. So that totally, I thought it was British in the beginning. And because South Africa kind of has that British, um, I guess, ideology sure. when it comes to their English um, speakers. But yeah, Gaia. Fucking Gaia. <laughs> Gaia, yeah. I, I appreciate that movie. It's just not as much as I would have hoped. No, that's fair. 
What is your number four, sir? My number four. So this is actually a short that's in my number oh. four list, which is a really short short. It's uh, Don't Peek. I knew you were going to put it. I know. I had wow, to. Wow, that's I had high. To. And for people to know, this is on YouTube, so I highly recommend checking this out right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, It has yeah. like over 1.2 million views. Yeah. Right from last so. year. I saw, I saw it last year actually on YouTube. Um, someone pitched, someone sent it to, actually the director of Don't Peak sent it to me. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So I know I didn't know it was that. And when I watched it, I was like, oh, I've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. This was right. great. So the whole concept is uh, Animal Crossing meets scary horror movie. Yeah. It kind of plays like a creepy pasta. Yeah. And it yeah. works so well. And I feel like the reason why it's up here so high is because it actually generally scared me. Because they did such a great job of creating that suspense and yeah, that believable so, so. Uh, believable uh, aspect of let me open the drawer in the game, my drawer opens. Yeah, I see cool. something in the uh, in the doorway, but in real life you don't see it, but you hear it. The sound mixing is so good, so well done, and. I can't wait to see more of it. I would hope. I think it did get picked up to become a feature. It did. So it just got yeah. picked up to become a feature. Um, this was announced back on March 17th that it is picked up to become a feature. Um, so definitely check this one out. This one is probably on the levels of like Lights Out, Mama, stuff like that. So I, I would definitely say check this one out for sure. Don't very much like Lights Out. Very much so. Don't peek. My number four is going to be Broadcast Signal Intrusion. Yeah, fucking loved this movie. It rocked. It was so good. It was. It would definitely reminded me a lot of nothing. I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. It, it's so cool. It, it's kind of something that it feels like you'll see those like those uh, dark videos on YouTube of like people, and you're kind of wondering yourself, is this real? Like it's it's it felt like that. And I loved every aspect behind this. I love the catharsis and I love the ending that you kind of don't know if you found the right guy or not. Like, yeah, like I love that. Like, I love all of that. So it's just it's fantastic. I absolutely highly suggest broadcast signal intrusion. I think that was a blast. So much fun. Top three. All right. Top three. Uh, a movie you talked about earlier, Violation. Oh, man. Oh, man. Violation got, got under you. my skin. Um, got you. It's one of those things where it is extremely hard to watch, but you can't really look away because you're just rooting for the character. Absolutely. You feel so much the emotion for her. Fantastic. Yeah, you, uh, one, the whole thing is like where she's talking to the guy and they're going through something that happened in the past in the fire. Uh, fire pit he has his version of the story and she has her version of the story and we know what the truth is yeah and it kind of like brings up to light it's like there's a lot of stories out there in the real world where this is the position that she's in and you understand why she's doing what she's doing yeah and you're kind of like yeah no fuck that guy do that shit yeah you go it's it's great and, i was actually talking about this earlier with my barber uh oh, really? yeah because i he was asking about the festival right and i, I told him i was like keep violation on your list yeah like that that totally like it, it's just everything is just so grim right and i love it like violation's a blast it's, like violation is a really really good movie it's a movie that makes you think about stuff and really kind of have hat. to like <laughs> You have to have that perspective. Like you need to know these kind of things exist and these things happen. Yeah, and it's not okay. Absolutely. And this is a movie that stuck with me after watching it for a couple hours. I think I took a break from watching movies because of this movie. Uh, but yeah, that's why it's pretty high up on my list. That's fair. That's completely fair. 
Uh, my number three spot is Paul Dude's Deadly Lunch Break. <laughs> I missed this one. Oh, you didn't catch it? No. Oh, fuck. Dude, Paul Dude's Deadly Lunch Break was absolutely fantastic. Damn. It was so good. I absolutely loved every moment of it. It reminded me of Spree meets, um, oh, yeah. like, TikTok. I don't know. Like it was weird because Spree is very much like for Uber right. and stuff like that. But um this was like a TikTok thing where you would go live on a certain app, and I forgot the name of the app, but pretty much he was just having a shitty day. And like it it's and it's actually heartbreaking, but it's also really fucking funny. It reminds me, yeah, it reminds me of Shaun of the Dead meets Spree. That's what it reminds wow. me of. And in not Shaun of the Dead as of their zombies, it's more so the humor because it's British humor and it's just so dark. It's so witty and it's, it's fucking cheeky as shit. I love it. It, it is so good. <laughs> Paul dude's deadly lunch break, hands down a blast. I'll What's keep your, that on my radar. Please do. Please do. Uh, Cause I, I want that to be picked up so bad. I'm sure it will. Um, I hope so. You're number two, sir. All right, my runner-up is Broadcast Signal Intrusion. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Oh, I think man. I know what your number one is now. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I think because I texted T, it's like, have you seen this movie? But Broadcast Signal Intrusion, man, this seemed like a very cool crime noir mystery movie. So great. And like you said, it's something very different, and we don't see this type of movie very often. And the acting's done so well, too. It's very flawless. And the pacing is incredible. And then the videos that get shown in the broadcast uh, signal intrusion are haunting. I hated it, but I also loved it because <laughs> I hated it. It's like, damn, that's disturbing on a whole different level. And like you said, the ending leaves it pretty open. But the reason why I like this movie so much is the mystery behind all of it. He unravels more and more of the story and you gain more puzzle pieces, but you still don't see the picture. And we don't know if we actually see the full picture at the very end. Yeah. And I love that. I do too. I completely agree. My number two, my runner up, them. Them. Oh my God. <laughs> Have you, did you watch this one? No. Is this oh, a short or? This was a show. So a this show. was two okay. episodes, Amazon exclusive. Um, it is absolutely gorgeous. A friend of mine worked on the costume. Um, um, she was a costume assistant on, on this uh, show. Um, and, um, and she was the one who told me to check this one out, um, during my, my time at uh, South by Southwest and it is heartbreaking. It is beautiful. It is so fantastic in, it's so interesting because, uh, the daughter that's in the film us is in this show called them. Oh, that's helpful. and it is yeah. so so good. But pretty much, it's it's about a family, a black family, um, in the 1950s, a part of the Great Migration. For those who don't know what the Great Migration is, the Great Migration was a time around the 1970, 1917 um, to about 1970, where black um, uh, Americans would move from the South to the West so they can have better opportunities. A lot of this really happened mainly in the during the Great Depression um, because the opportunities of getting jobs were a lot higher but it continued on because a lot of them were trying to escape Jim Crow and mm -hmm. Jim Crow wasn't as enforced inside of the west coast of the United States of America um, 
So with that being said, and to, and to also let you guys know, I am a second generation um, uh, resident of San Francisco. So my family was a part of the Great Migration. Um, uh, they moved from Louisiana to here. Um, and I'm a, I'm a second gen from that. But uh, with that being said, this is based in the 50s. It's about a family that moves to Compton. And uh, during this time, Compton was predominantly white. Um, and actually was only white, I should say, and turned predominant when they moved there. And, um, it, it was so interesting seeing it from their perspective, but this is a horror TV show. It is not just that, like it gets fucking terrifying. There's this imaginary friend that's involved called Miss Vera and it's, fucking creepy as shit the mom is slightly having a psychotic break in certain points as well and the dad has ptsd from being inside of world war ii it is fucking terrifying it is so so good i cannot wait to get this on this was probably this was okay i only have two movies on my list that were a complete full five-star review and this was one of them and then, wow. not even a movie. That's this awesome. was a show, but right. like those are the only two things that I have on my list that are full five stars. Do you know? Do you know how many episodes are going to be? I would assume it's going to be ten. Ten. You saw two. Yeah, because okay. this is an wow. anthology series, um, and oh, the first cool. two episodes were the first anthology, um, and I think it's going to be based like that. But I'm very excited for more. Very excited. Wow. Your number one, sir. All right. Say my it, number say one. It. Do you know it? I do. I think I do. You off said. season. Yes. It is off season. I fucking knew it. I fucking love this movie. This movie had the scares. It had the suspense. It had the acting. It had the cinematography. You called it a masterpiece on your Twitter. Oh, did I? You yeah. did. You um, called it a masterpiece. Yeah. That's incredible. I'm so happy that I you did. called it that. Um, yeah, no, it, it really is because it's something that reminded me of Silent Hill. And I yeah. feel like it was done very well done. Um, even from the opening scene where we talk to her, where we see her mother and she's telling this story about her life and stuff like that. And then we just hear this haunting scream and that's how the movie starts. Yeah. And so my heart dropped because I didn't know she was going to scream. I was like, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, you scared the shit out of me. And then the movie continued to scare the shit out of me. And you're also in note-taking mode, too. So you're oh, like, yeah. you're no, like, I'm, half, I'm like half paying attention I'm like in a way. I'm like writing what she's saying. She's right. like, oh, this is a really good story. This yeah. is awesome. It's like, it's, like, it's like meeting an old friend. I'm typing meeting an old friend. And then she like, looks away from the camera. I'm like, and she looks away from the camera in my notes. And then she just screams. And I'm like, I dropped everything. I was like, okay. We're in it. This is what and we're we getting ourselves like into. The ocean, and then we just jump right into it. It's beautifully but shot. Essentially, it's a movie about um, a daughter of this mom, obviously. That's how it works. Uh, she hears that her grave was messed up. So she had to go to the island, and it's during the off season time. So she only has a day to go in and out of that place. And obviously, it's a horror movie. She doesn't really make it out of there, and we see a whole mystery unravel. Mm -hmm. And that's what I loved about it is that it is a kind of an isolation horror, very paranormal like, and then so much more. It's multi layered, it's very deep. Um, I forgot what the main actress's name is. You know, uh, Jocelyn Do uh, Donahue. Donahue, yes. Played it from the. She uh, is fantastic. She's great. She's great. Dr. Sleep, um, The House of the Devil. Right. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's so fantastic. I very much enjoyed it, and I loved the ending. And I, it's not a happy ending, which is sad. No, but, but in a way, it kind of is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in a way, it kind of is. But yeah, 
Definitely not. Um, my number one is The Feast. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Okay. That was my other full star review. Did you know my number one? No. Really? I did not think it was going to be The Feast. Yeah, The Feast. I fucking loved The Feast. I Everything about it, everything about it, it hit every single beat that I wanted. It was a, it's a beautiful folk horror. Yeah. And like, it, it's... He probably I, I got I got my main review stuff for it, so we'll we'll dive into that in in a second here. But it is absolutely beautiful, um, and it just so 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 well done to me. And I, you know, that dinner scene that you were talking about, I loved it. I loved the leg thing. I loved I loved that stuff, and I, I thought it worked out so well. And I love I love the twist. Like I, I, fair, yeah. I very much love the twist, and I, I, it's just, it's so to me, it was just so perfect and so well done, to the point where I literally stopped everything and I hit up the director Lee, I and I don't, I don't know him, I just immediately went went to his Twitter, saw that his DMs were open, I slid into those DMs real quick, and I was like, yo, you hands down made my favorite film of South by Southwest and of probably the last decade. I'm wow. not even fucking kidding. That's crazy. That movie blew my mind. Like I thought it was everything just was so eerie and just meticulously placed in my mind where I was just like this this is why this is why. <laughs> like this is why. And I just absolutely loved it. It was just it's so so good to me absolutely so good to me but the more i think about it that movie fits you very well oh 100 yeah. yeah 100 it is my jam and i love folk horror especially yeah. folk horror that's done in a very interesting and mysterious way and i love it i absolutely love it and i, I just thought that one hit every ounce of it but now is the time where everybody we're going to go ahead and jump in a little bit deeper as to why we chose these films this is still completely spoiler free everyone don't worry. Um, we de definitely want to make sure you guys all have the time to watch these uh, before we spoil them. Um, please note that these films are probably going to be back on Nightlight's regular programming list as well um, when these films are actually officially available. Um, because a lot of these films do fit our month's themes. So we definitely be having some of these films on our regular programming. And um, so be aware of that if you want to watch these films. Um, but Really quick here, I do want to talk a little bit more about the feast. So I have my blurb of my main review. Over an evening, a wealthy family gathers for a sumptuous dinner with guests in their ostentatious house in the Welsh mountains. Served by a mysteriously disturbed, disturbing young woman, the assembled party do not re realize that they are about to eat their last supper. The feast has been awarded Nightlight's first perfect rating. It drives you up the wall on how beautiful it is shot, how the filming is, uh, how the how the feeling of this film just sits with you. It is uh, one of the best things I probably have seen during South by Southwest, but overall it is one of the best modern folk horror films in the past 10 years. Mm. And I fucking stand by it. Like I stand by it through and through. Like this was just so extremely well done for me. So extremely I believe well it. done. Do you want to, do you want to go a little bit more in, into off season? Um, Cause we could break it down to maybe our, our kind of our, our three, then we'll do our honorable mentions at the end. Yeah. Uh, let me find where I wrote about it, but yeah, off-season, man. It still haunts me. That's how I love this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, off-season's great. Off-season um, is a is a 
little fun blend for sure. And I think at least for me, it's one of those movies where it carries a lot of weight inside like the psyche of her own minds and what she went through with the relationship with her mother and kind of having that journey with that being in mind and kind of seeing why she's doing the things that she's doing. Because I love when the character has purpose or the, the, the story itself is driven by the character and her actions is what progresses the story. Essentially. Um, she does decide to go back there because she knows that her mother did not want to be buried there in the first place. And that's one of the driving forces of her having those flashbacks. of like, Oh, I've told the lawyers, I've told my friend, I didn't really mm-hmm. want to tell them why, because it sounds ridiculous about making a deal with this like demon. And then we get to see that demon later on too. And I just think it just looks amazing. It, it was great. And that's what, that's why I want Literally, that budget to be higher. Right. And it's heartbreaking to see, and this is, I'm trying to stay as spoiler free as possible of what that demon does with her mom on that beach. Mm-hmm. And you see her witness everything and you're just like, whoa, that's, that's heavy. That's a really big emotional impact. And it's a fun flick. Essentially. Yeah. It, it, okay. This is what I wrote on Twitter. I said, I finished off season, a horrifying masterpiece that had me on the edge of my seat in its runtime, a ghost story, a demonic deal and more. Couldn't ask for a better movie blown away. Beautiful. But that's my quick little review. I love it. it. I love it. I want to transition to them for a little bit as well. Uh, so with them having such a soft spot for me, I just think this is something that is going to be on uh, higher levels, in my opinion, than Lovecraft Country. Oh, okay. I, I picture yeah. this being as big as um, uh, Watchmen. Like oh I, I really Two do. Two of my favorite shows of last year. I, I, I know. And I, I picture it being that big. I picture it being that important. It has yet wow. another thing that a lot of people probably have not heard of um, within the black community, like the Great Migration. Like a, a lot of people yeah. have never heard of that. And a lot of people don't know that. Uh, like my great grandmother was a Rosie the Ru- a Riveter. Like, and no one knows that she was that because she was black. So, like, you know, you think of Rosie the Riveter, you think of of a, a white lady, you know, doing the arm. We can do it, but right. that was my great grandmother. So it was, you know, things like that. But I, I, I thought I wrote a blurb for it, but I didn't write a blurb for it. So I'm just gonna say what I say uh, from the heart here. Um, but them is probably one of the best transitional shows that i've seen in a long time and i've only i'm only two episodes in but i just know this show is going to be extremely special and it is for sure probably going to be very impactful for a lot of people very educational for a lot of people as well i hope um because it's just it's beautiful through and through this was created by Little Marvin. Um, it feels like it was created by Jordan Peele, uh, but uh, which is a compliment. But at the same time, Little Marvin does have his own style to this, and you can definitely tell it very much shines through. Um, but I, I would definitely say give this more than a shot. Definitely take your time. Watch this show when it comes out. I think this also comes out at the end of April, I believe. And it is just... Wow, I could scream about this show until the rooftops. Oh my gosh, absolutely love it. Do you want to dive in a little bit deeper to your number two? Yes. Uh, yeah, my number two was yeah, broadcast signal intrusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll add to this as well. And this is something I'll um, definitely uh, talk about. This is something I wrote on Twitter. 
Um, this is where my little reviews came from. Yeah. Uh, I said, what a fun, crazy movie. This movie hit all of the right signals for me. <laughs> ah. um, a noir mystery thriller that keeps you interested from the beginning. Love this one. End of day one. And this is the movie I ended on the very first day of South by Southwest. And this is my number two movie on here. I love that it. That means it left it impact on me absolutely um this is a movie that i will probably want to rewatch. oh and yeah i feel like it has a lot of rewatchability i re- i think i rewatched it during my uh day off for wow. the festival the last festival or yesterday i ended up rewatching it yeah because i feel like this is riddled with easter eggs has a bunch of different stuff in there where at the layer for a surface it already carries so much but yeah I'm sure I will find something new each time I watch it. Probably. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I want to add to uh, to your review as well. Uh, Broadcast Signal Intrusion is a stylish noir thriller set in the late 90s following a video archivist uncovering a pirate broadcasting. It kept me on my toes with its stylish storytelling and mystery. The sound design and score were absolutely refreshing with its smooth jazz transitions and haunting sound design. Oddly felt like the perfect blend. This was easily a crowd-stopping film for this festival and will... And is quickly going to become people's favorite noir thriller for 2021. Wow. I agree. I, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Uh, for my, my number three, I want to talk a little bit more about Paul Dude's Deadly Lunch Break. I'm just going to start off with my spiel because it is just, oh. Paul Dude's Deadly Lunch Break shocked me on how incredible it is. Following an aspiring singer slash dancer who lives with his sickly mother and and number one fan who is late for his audition. A bunch of mishaps involving people made made even more late um, for his audition to the point of his mother dying on his watch. Needless to say, Paul snaps and it is fucking incredible. Reminiscent of an Edgar Wright film, Nick Gillespie nails this gloomy aesthetic with with a plethora of dark humor. Easily one of the best dark comedies to start this decade. It is fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Paul Dude's Deadly Lunch Break just really had me on the edge of my seat with laughter, with sadness, with gore. And it, it's just, it was so incredible to witness and so incredible to just pay attention to. And I, I absolutely adored it. Absolutely adored it. I think it was, check that one it, out. It, I cannot wait for you to check it out. I cannot wait for you to check it out. I, I, I really, the gore is fantastic. Everything about it just is just top tier to me. <laughs> what about your number three? Okay, so violation. Yes, Going back to this one. So I said, I'll add, I'll add to this too as well. Perfect. I said probably one of the most brutal movies I've seen. It needed to be. It's symbolic and hits you hard with the subject matter of sexual abuse. A powerful way to get people aware. I will be remembering this one for a while. Wow. And very well just said. like what that is, is it's something I feel very strongly about. And it, I have to be honest, it was a hard watch, but I feel like it got the impact it needs to have on the viewership. Yeah. It's, and, it, it, it's, yeah. it's very telling to when uh, uh, Shudder was sending out the promotions uh, to certain press members um, for violation. I, I was very curious on how they were going to send this, this stuff out because usually it's like a crate or right. maybe it's like drinks that you can mix, like have cocktails with and stuff like that. Uh, with this, they sent ice cream. And I think that is very telling because this is a very sad and bleak movie. And that makes sense. I think I think this was genius for them to kind of pair it up with that they paired it with odd fellows ice cream which looked delicious i i personally didn't get a box everybody so um shutter if you're listening to this but uh with what i would like to add with violation 
the uh, bleakness and show-stopping aspect of this particular film is going to be with everyone from you know the dawn of time right and i i think it's something uh that is very important as well and on top of on top of its importance it is also a film that goes very much excuse me uh with the whole aspect of um believability yeah you know and 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 i I love how this aspect was not believability for others but believability for the person accountable and i i love that i love that that was the main aspect of this particular film was that this is where the um, person needs to be held accountable on and i I absolutely love that um for my number four um i had broadcast signal intrusion so we could go ahead and go on there but uh what was your your, for your number four do you want to expand on that uh so yeah it was don't peek yes and i pretty much said one of the scariest movies from south by southwest was a short which was never going to be short-lived because it will live forever in my heart love it yeah short and sweet right because this movie is fantastic i can't wait to see a full-length feature Uh, of course a lot of people have some like controversy about that having like shorts become features and stuff like that uh but i like lights out yeah i like lights out i like mama yeah mama was fantastic as well i like that and And also oculus was created from a short yeah so this is a movie where i feel like you can expand on i agree and i I love the concept of it i would love to see a full-length feature of it so it's interesting i agree to an extent because for me personally i i doubt they will get the rights to animal crossing Right, so they have feature. to make a. They'll have to make a video game, video probably, game. Or, or or partner with someone. Right, um, that I, makes me a little sad that they aren't going to probably be able to use Animal Crossing in their full length feature because of licensing issues, um, and mainly because that was such a global takeover. Right during especially during the lockdown, exactly, can just and like live a that, world where they can expand, exactly. and do whatever they want. And I think that if if they would have been able to continue, and and I don't know, right? Like maybe they they might. I doubt it, but maybe they will get the rights to uh, utilize Animal Crossing from Nintendo for their movie and have that be the basis. But I doubt it. Um, and, and so they're going to have to get pretty clever, and that's why I'm a little bummed out at the feature because if they don't get to use Animal Crossing, I think it's going to lose that gusto of why we right. were so attracted to it um, because it, it it had something that we all could relate to, you know, where even though I didn't play Animal Crossing, I know the rest of the world did. And I know that was something that, like, like for example, someone like my wife, when she saw it, because she saw it because you, you gave it a 10 out of 10 on your Instagram, and uh, she, she ended up watching it right after that. Um, and Did she, she, like it? she thought it was okay. <gasps> um, and the only reason why was because uh, she thought the same thing. Now, because when she, I told her it was becoming a feature, um, and she was just like, "There is no way they're going to be able to get the rights for this uh, for Animal Crossing." So I hope we're wrong. I hope they do, but if they don't, I'm still going to watch the hell out of right. it. Like it's probably going to be awesome. They, they just have to make a game that kind of resemblance yeah, Animal it, Crossing. It, it could be just like an RPG Sims type of game where they don't really have to give its name to right. a popular franchise, but as I, I guess well, I just don't want this to be like the film Stay Alive, which I actually really love, the slasher film um, right, from the mid 2000s. Almost like this, yeah. It's pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, very good call on that. I forgot about that movie. Um, my number, um, oops, my number five. five Gaia. 
Definitely want to go a little bit more on Gaia for sure because I absolutely adored it. I'm going to start with my writing. Gaia follows a park ranger that stumbles upon a man and his son living in an ancient forest. The nature of the film starts off a little odd and uh, didn't seem to flow quite well with some beats, but uh, what made this film stand out are the creatures that lurked in the forest. A beautiful atmosphere, good effects with some bland CGI throughout, but not enough to take you strictly out of the film. The story itself doesn't feel familiar, but it does give you the thought of The Last of Us. I could see folks from Shudder, IFC Midnight or Neon bringing this film under their umbrella immediately. I think this is a perfect pairing for any one of those. Like, I think IFC Midnight would be a great spot for this. I think Shudder would will probably love to have this on right. their radar. Or an IFC. Um, uh, yeah, IFC Midnight. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I could also see Neon, too, taking the reins on this. And, and, you know, I, I would love to see them kind of go a little bit deeper for sure with these particular films. Um, so I, I definitely want to see more of Gaia for sure. Like I, I very much enjoyed Gaia. I, I, I really, really liked it. Um, I'll, I'll have you conclude with your number five and then we're going to go ahead and jump into our, uh, our uh, honorable mentions. Awesome. And uh, I'll expand a little bit with Gaia. Oh yeah, please too. do. Um, I pretty much said, I think his name is, yeah. Jacko Bauer is mm-hmm. a director yeah. directed by Jacko Bauer. It grabbed my attention immediately with its gorgeous cinematography, a movie that's going to make me think for a very long time. Gaia is stunning with visuals that will infect you to your core. What is such a fun movie, I enjoyed it thoroughly out. Nice. I absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, I always have to have those little things where it's like, it'll infect you because, you know, the movie Gaia. Yeah. All right. Number five <laughs> was Jacob's Wife. Yeah. And let me see if I can pull up my um, thing I said about that. And I do have to give a great standing ovation to Barbara Crampton because she's oh the one God. that carried this movie. And... It, I mean, I mean, they both did. Uh, Lesson that's true. You know, yeah, fucking nailed it too. Yeah, like the charismatic, so great entity that was on screen was they're, they're, They have so much chemistry together. It's very, very yeah. well done. Um, I'm also going to add to it as well. Cool. So I said, uh, Travis Stevens made an amazing kick-ass movie that bites down on an important topic. I give great praise to an incredible performance by Barbara Crampton, an original vampire tale like no other. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I put uh, Jacob's wife is a blood drenched ride that doesn't have major stops and Fetter gains a newfound power when she has a run in with a vampire that transforms her into a blood lusting vampire. Her marriage is questioned when a trail of dead um, of dead folks are linked back to her and her husband, Pastor Jacob Fetter. Crampton and Lessiden, um were the perfect duo throughout this vampire, this vampiric tale, love their on-screen chemistry, and you can tell that everyone had an absolute blast filming. The gore was over-the-top incredible, which made up for some of the lacking areas within the storytelling. Overall, extremely enjoyable, fun, especially to watch with friends. I had a blast with this movie. I wasn't like in love with it, um, mainly because I'm not the biggest fan of vampire movies in general. I love very unorthodox vampire movies. (laughs) 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 Uh, But that's just me personally. Of course. One of my favorite vampire movies of all time is Kronos. And um, a lot of people wouldn't even consider that a vampire movie, but it totally is a vampire movie. (laughs) I would have thought it was Transfiguration. No, Kronos is my favorite, and my second favorite is actually Doctor Sleep, uh, which is also technically an unorthodox vampire movie. 
If you think about the sucking of the. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, good call. Yep, yep. So I guess that's my favorite vampire movie then. It might be, but yeah, wow. that's my second favorite vampire movie. Um, and then my third is the Transfiguration. Then let the right one in. Let but, the right one. Yeah, so that's weird. that's just that's mine. Um, and that's total. To, that's typically what I kind of gravitate towards when it comes to uh vampire films that aren't necessarily seen as vampire films right um besides let the right one in but and i'll say jacob's wife is a good entryway to horror fans 100 uh, percent for people who want to dive into the horror genre because it's very fun it's very absolutely funny and the yeah. gore doesn't take you out of it the gore is actually a lot of fun it's not exactly gross. It's, yeah exactly okay. it's it's it's, yes. it's definitely like it, it's just it's blood soaked it's not necessarily like you're seeing limbs fly and, and them diving into bones or anything like that um right. like and the feast like the feast is totally not for a regular uh audience same thing with violation yeah. Right, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, so hitters for sure. um, so both of those definitely are uh, would wouldn't be a good entryway for horror fans or for horror in general, but they are definitely you know once you feel like you've stand the, t- the tale of time in a couple of years or so, definitely check those out for sure because that's the beauty behind movies. Like you don't have to watch it right away, exactly. You know? So definitely. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about our honorable mentions here. I'm going to list mine out pretty quickly, and then we can kind of chat very quickly about it. Uh, but my honorable mentions were Run That Shit, was, which was a short, The Spine of Night, Ninja Baby, Jacob's Wife, The Thing That Ate the Birds, and Sound of Violence. Um, so those were my main honorable mentions. Um, and go ahead and jump onto yours, and we'll chat about them for a oh, little bit. Oh, I just bit have here. one. You only have one. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, so... I was trying to get as many movies as possible to watch in general, but in the horror genre, I was able to do like 11 total. So perfectly for our top 10. Yeah. Um, I have stuffed. Oh, is a the short musical comedy short. Yeah. Also horror. <laughs> that yeah. was a silly one. Uh, it was fun. It was, it was cool. fun. No yeah. blast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't add uh, uh, the alien documentary on there. If that's considered in there, yes. Yes, 100%. It. It's about oh, Alien. <laughs> it wasn't really a horror. It was a, No, but it's still about yeah, something that's a part of our documentary. genre. That still I, I counts. I have to give great shout-outs to that whole entire team that was able to make that play happen. Because if you've seen Alien, gorgeous. there's great set pieces. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of technology involved. And they were able to put that on stage. And that's incredible. So cool. So cool. Yeah. Um, I talk about a little bit more about mine. Um, I mean, Freddie nailed it with uh, the spine of the night for me. I I thought it was very you know right off the off the bat just bonkers and just a lot of fun. Um, but I, I do want to talk about Ninja Baby. It's, it, this isn't necessarily horror per se. This is more horror adjacent. Um, but more so in the aspect of just being kind of a dark comedy. Um, so it's definitely more of a genre film, I should say. But uh, I thought Ninja Baby was absolutely fantastic, and it was just a really fun flick, um, and it was depressing at times as well, um, just because it felt real. And that was the thing that I really liked about it, was that it felt real, the ending felt real, and you kind of suspect these things of like everyone's just going to be a happy family at the end of at the end of it right. uh, but just to give a little bit of context here it's about this woman who finds out that she is six months pregnant um and she didn't notice because she wasn't showing um and the only thing that she, that was happening to her was that she was kind of missing her periods but she would still spot which actually does happen during pregnancy um so she thought she was having periods um but with that being said uh, she 
kind of matches it back to the dementia that she had sex with and she places it back to one guy um, whose name is uh, this is all in her region, but his name was uh, Bong Jesus or something like that. It, it was it was hilarious. It was really, really good. But um, they, you know, were kind of going through this whole aspect of them not wanting this kid and, and trying to figure out like what's going to happen next. They couldn't, you know, look into things like aborting and things like that because she was six months in, it was dangerous for her and the baby. Um, so, uh, it's, it's things like that, that they weren't able to kind of, um, look into, but it's a very, very fascinating movie that, really tugs on your heartstrings but at the same time it also really just makes you laugh and ninja baby is definitely one i say put on your radar because it's it's a great dark comedy another one that i actually could honestly see coming to a place like shutter um like i said it's not horror per se but it definitely fits the mode of genre um and you definitely can place it there and also it's a half animated slash um reality movie too very interesting yeah which the animation is on top of its reality so it's pretty cool yeah, it's really, really cool. Uh, next up will be Run That Shit. <laughs> Fucking Run that shit. love Run That Shit. It's a short that is about a rapper cult. Um, it's really gross. It's a very gross um, um, movie, but it's a, pretty much about this rapper who wants to become the next big rapper. And it's this guy who is already a big rapper named Big Tobacco. Um, yeah. Great name. Yeah, it is a good name. But he pretty much, this demon was like, yeah, I could totally help you do that. And he owns a pawn shop, so it was pretty great. Um, he was like, yeah, I could t- totally help you do that. He was just like, I just need you to get this thing from Big Tobacco so we can go ahead and do that. So he goes up to th- his house with, like, his minions, these these demonic minions from the pawn shop. So cool. And, like, they they just fucking... It, it, it's crazy. It, it's so funny. But d- to put it in context of why it's gross, it's the literal version of the name of the short run that shit yeah but gotcha. they didn't take it literal in the movie either you don't find out it's literal till the end <laughs> so yeah run that shit is a great short i actually think that would be a really funny movie in general but it is so it's so weird it's so bananas but it has a pretty cool context on like rap culture and uh stuff like that as well so i think that's pretty fun um jacob's wife freddie nailed it you know it, it just it kind of hit it hit it right on the head uh the thing that ate the birds is a great short i don't know if you had time to check this one out I haven't. um I but can. this reminded me of if the descent would have had a better continuation than the descent part two wow. this was so good and it was pretty much just about this family that lived on a farm and um, th- something keeps eating their their uh, birds that are on th- or are eating the birds around their property, pretty much. And it's this thing that looks just like one of the crawlers from the descent, and it only comes out at night. And like it's just it's pretty much if the crawlers were to, uh, if we were to see the crawlers coming out, because we knew in the descent that they do come out, right? Um, and we're not going to spoil the descent. You can listen to our episode if you want to hear that. But um, with that, we kind of see that whole thing. It was like, oh, this is what happens if they were to come out. Yeah. And it, it and it's a short, and I fucking loved it. And it made me want... How long is it? It's maybe 16 minutes. It's not bad at all. Yeah, I would say definitely check it out. 
the thing that ate the birds. And my, my last one there was Sound of Violence. Once again, Freddie, you, you nailed it. I, I think it was, you know, a great, a, a great telling film. Um, and I, I do have something to kind of add on top of, of yours, I believe, as well with that. Because um, I watched that one fairly early. Um, and I just put here a concept that I've never quite uh, have seen before. Sound of Violence is a hyper-aware horror film that plays with sound, silence, audio technology, and the painful beauty of death. With fantastical creative kills, this one sticks with you and wishes the spree continued. With that being said, some aspects of the filmmaking felt a little amateur, but it doesn't take you out of the film. Some of the characters didn't really have room to breathe, and the introductions did seem a, a tad quick, but overall, a blast to watch. I think it's just a super fun movie overall, but uh, yeah. But guys, that is what we got. We had a good time in South by Southwest. We loved it. It was Dream an absolute true. blast. Uh, we watched so many movies. We're so tired. This was our last day right here. Um, and the last thing that we needed to do to check off our list for South by, but we had an absolute blast. And thank you, South by Southwest and everybody who, um, all the PR folks of all these different studios and things like that, all the directors that reached out. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute blast working with all of you. And we hope to continue our relationship with you all. Um, and we hope to continue watching your films. It, it's a blast cover these and uh yeah we definitely want to keep this going but this was nightlight a horror movie podcast i was one of your hosts prince also known as head knight over there was freddie always keeping it spoopy always and forever also known as nighty night our efforts to get our show out is not enough we need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights rating us with five stars is very helpful but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it you can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife and that's night with the what okay by pleasure on patreon you have access to the show ad free and as early as monday with the post show if you don't have any bucks to toss don't worry an episode is released every friday on most podcast services around the world and remember everybody don't forget your nightlight Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. 